Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And a very good Monday morning, afternoon, evening, everyone. Joe Beningo back with you again, the Old The Pain Podcast. Monday, February 19th, 2024, President's Day 2024, the Old The Pain broad, uh, Joe Beningo Old The Pain Podcast, whatever it is, brought to you by... <laughs> The Hackensack Brewing Company buy and eat a discount tire, of course, our friends at DraftKings. Now, it is President's Day, but a lot of stuff going on. We want, you know, normally I do, you know, I give you a little presidential history lesson here, but we're not going to do that because there were some some big things yesterday in the sports world. Obviously, the unbelievable game yesterday at MetLife Stadium in the stadium series between the Islanders and the Rangers, 80,000 people at MetLife for this game. They tried it out. <clears throat> you know, all the old uh, Islanders, Dennis Potman, Brian Trottier, you know, the great Rangers were there, Messier and Graves and Lundquist and all of that. But what a day it turned out to be. And, you know, when you look at this season with the Rangers, who, you know, let's be honest, have had a terrific year. They've been in first place all year. They come into the game on a six-game winning streak. And it didn't look good. It looked like that winning streak was going to go right by the boards. And they come out with a rousing 6-5 overtime victory over the Islanders as the Rangers score two power play goals in basically the last five minutes of the game to send it into overtime. And then Artemi Panarin with ten sec, just 10 seconds into the OT <clears throat> puts one by Sorokin <clears throat> and the Rangers win the game, their seventh straight win. They now have 75 points. They have not lost since the All-Star break. They're 6-0 since the All-Star break. And this was probably their best win of the year. I mean, I, I don't see how else it could be. When you factor in the atmosphere, what it like was like at MetLife, where it was probably 70% Ranger fans, uh, when you factor in that it was against their arch rivals, the Islanders, who they hadn't played since December of 2022. I mean, how ridiculous is that? I mean, come on. And they only play them two more times this year. I guess one at UBS and one at the Garden because this was a home game for the Islanders because I guess there's some – Jim Dolan's got some kind of deal where the Rangers can only play their home games at the Garden. So, you know, uh, I, uh, that's the reason why the Islanders, who uh, are uh, much farther away from MetLife Stadium than the Rangers are, uh, were the home team in this game. But – the fact that they came back like they did, they were down 3-1 at the end of the first period, even though they scored the first goal of the game by, by Gustafson to give them a 1-0 lead early on. The Islanders came back, scored three goals pretty quickly to take the lead. They had a 3-1 lead at the end of the first. 
They stretched it to four to one. And then the Rangers came back. Vincent Trocek had a couple of goals in the second period, made it 4-3. The Islanders took a 5-3 lead early in the third period. And then the just unbelievably dramatic comeback by the Rangers. <clears throat> and I think the thing you really take away is the all the big guys got the job done. First of all, give Peter Laviolette credit. The Islanders, you know, committed three penalties in the last nine minutes of the game. And it really came back to cost them. But twice, Peter Laviolette pulls Shesterkin when the Rangers are on the power play. So they so they got a two-man advantage. One of the power plays was a five-on-three. They wind up with the empty net. And by the way, early in that power play, the Islanders just missed putting it in the empty net. How about this, too? I couldn't believe this. This stat I just found out yesterday from the incomparable Kenny Scarabaggio, big-time Islander fan who was at the game yesterday and obviously left massively disappointed. The Islanders are the only team in the National Hockey League this year that do not have an empty net goal. Can you believe that? Not one empty net goal this year for the Islanders. That is uh, really amazing when you think about it. Really, really kind of off the charts. But that is the truth. And they didn't get one yesterday. But down down 5-3 like they were. Uh, on a five-on-three power play, Laviolette pulls Shostarkin, pulls pulls the goalie for the empty net, and the Rangers make it 5-4, a tip-in by the king of the power play goal, Chris Kreider, his 28th goal of the year, his eighth in his last 11 games. And remember, he had the hat trick the other night at the Garden in that win over the, over the Canadians. So, you know, Kreider on his way again to, looks like at least another 40-goal season. He has 28 now on the year which still, uh, you know, a lot of hockey, but what do they got? 28 games, I believe, left to play uh, for the Rangers this year. So Kreider tips one in to make it 5-4. The Islanders get another penalty. Lafonniere gets tripped, setting it up. In the last 228 of the game, the Rangers now with another power play. Again, Laviolette pulls just Starkin, so they have the two-man advantage, two-skater advantage, and this time, Mika's advantage ad from that, you know, left angle, which is kind of like, you know, his office a little bit. Drills one, passes Sorokin, ties the game 5-5. We go into the overtime. And then, as I said, 10 seconds into the overtime, there's a little bit of a scramble in front of the net. Panarin comes up with the puck and puts it home. Now, the net got knocked off its moorings, but it was still a goal because it was knocked off by the uh, the Islanders. There wasn't a Ranger outside of Panarin in sight there. The goal is good, and the Rangers come out with a just wild 6-5 to five victory, again, in front of 80,000 at MetLife Stadium. And I tell you, I tell you, uh, the NHL has really hit something with this stadium series. I don't think there's any question about it. Remember, they did it. They had a game Saturday night as well. The Devils and the Flyers Saturday night at MetLife. The, the uh, Devils won that one 6-3. to three. Uh, I believe that 70,000 fans in the building for that. A lot of Flyer fans came up from Philadelphia. So they had 70,000 for that one, 80,000 for the Ranger Islander game. So just think about it. Back-to-back days, hockey games, right? Back-to-back days of of the National Hockey League draws 150,000 fans uh, combined for those two games. I mean, that is crazy, man. Think about that. 
But what a win for the Rangers. And let's be honest, man. The Rangers, look, I, look, they got to win in the playoffs. You know, they got to win a cup. It's going to be 30 years this year that they had since the, that last Stanley Cup victory. You know, it's time to win again. But what a regular season they've had. I, I mean, let's be honest. Seven straight wins now. Like I said, they have not lost the game since the All-Star break, 6-0. and uh, Their power play has been great this year. You know, they got off to that crazy start. What were they, 18-4-1 to start the season? And then they kind of got kind of mediocre, mediocre in the middle of the year. They played basically 500 hockey for a while. They had that win right before the All-Star break. They went up to Ottawa to beat the crummy Senators. They won that game. Then they had the All-Star break, and they have not looked back since. Six straight wins now. Uh, you know, what else can you say? And, you know, they're getting it from the big guys. Like I said, Panarin has 32 goals. Kreider has 28. Their power play is the sixth best in the NHL. They had three power play goals yesterday, the most they've had uh, in a game since October. And uh, they're rolling. But they got a, a six-point, is it an eight-point lead, I guess, over Carolina now in their in their division, the Metropolitan Division of the National Hockey League. And you got to be like, 75 points, and you got to be just delirious if you're a Ranger fan. I mean, what else can you say? Now, there are some things that bother you, you know. Obviously, the loss of Philip Heedle, he's done for the year. He had a, that concussion. It doesn't look like we're going to see him at all this year. You, hopefully, he's going to be able to play again. You know, you can only hope with something when you got that kind of a head injury. We'll see. Uh, Shesterkin has not had a great year. Let's be honest. Now, he looks shaky at times in his game yesterday. Gave up uh, four goals in, in the game yesterday. Actually, excuse me, five goals in the game. And I don't know how many he's he's given up at least four goals in a game a lot this year. And thank God, thank God for Jonathan Quick because he has been a lifesaver for the Rangers. How good has he been? You know, you can make a case in a lot of ways. Uh, you want to say Panarin's been the MVP. You know, Adam Fox, whoever you want to say. Fox had what three more assists yesterday as well. Um, Jonathan Quick has been a huge part of the Rangers this year, especially which is struggling like he has. And really, Zibanejad has not had the kind of year that you would expect. He's got 18 goals. He scored that game-tying goal yesterday. But he's had a little bit of an offseason. But it looks like he's starting to get it back. Panarin's had a phenomenal year. Uh, 32 goals, not the most he's ever had in a season. And I, and I can't say enough about Kreider. You know, he doesn't get enough credit. This guy is an all-time Ranger. Let's be honest about it. When all is said and done, Number 20 is going up to the rafters. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, he's played his entire career here with the Rangers. He's been in a lot of playoff games. He's got, I think he's got more playoff goals than anybody in the history of the team. He's third most in regular in goals, period. Only uh, Roger Bear and John Rattel, uh, two great Hall of Fame Rangers, who, of course, both have their numbers up in the rafters, uh, have more goals than, uh, than Kreider does. He's scored 116 goals now. Over the last two and a half years, maybe he had that 52-goal season two years ago uh, with 36 of them, I think, were on the power play, which is crazy. 52 goals two years ago, one of only four Rangers ever to score 50 goals in a season. He backed it up with 36 last year. He's got 28 now this year. So that's 116 in the last two and a half years. And, he's and you know, barring any kind of God-forbid injury to him, he's on his way to a 40-goal season again. I mean, it certainly seems that way. And he's been red hot lately, as I mentioned, eight goals in his last 11 games. Had the hat trick in Mo against Montreal the other night. Scores the uh, first of the uh, two power play goals to eventually tie the game yesterday against the Islanders. And he's an all-time great Ranger. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I think number 20 
will get his number retired. And I'll tell you this too, if they, and, and certainly if he can win a Stanley Cup, if they can win a Stanley Cup with Kreider on the team, uh, definitely number 20 is going up there. But what a great year he's had again. And you got to be thrilled, man. You know, Adam Fox is having a terrific year. Truba, we go on and on. How about the best line this year, too? When you think about it, their best line has really been uh, the Panarin, Trocek, uh, Lafayette line. Those guys have been outstanding this year. I mentioned Tro- Trocek who went to the All-Star game, had two goals in this game to get him back in it when they were down 4-1. So you gotta, you're a Ranger fan like, right now. You got to be thrilled. And how about these two guys? These two young guys that I guess came up from Hartford. They got two guys that are six foot seven. Where did these guys come from? What's the one guy's name? Remy. So right after, this was big too in the game yesterday. So right after the Rangers take an early one nothing lead, all of a sudden Remy's fighting with Matt Martin, who is one of the Islanders' tough guys. I mean, he is like one of the tough guys on the Islanders. He's also Boomer Sides and son-in-law. But you know, for those scoring at home. But I mean, how about the and he just he beat the crap out of him. I mean, he was pummeling Matt Martin. I thought that was very impressive. So the Rangers have these two young guys that are both six foot seven, and you put those guys on skates, they're like seven footers. <laughs> so we'll see if they get anything out of those guys. We'll see what happens as uh, we go down the road as we get closer to the trading deadline, whether or not the Rangers make some kind of a move. But uh, right now, just playing great hockey. What they play, they would have got the Dallas Stars come into the garden tomorrow night as the uh, Rangers will go for their eighth straight win. Be interesting to see who Laviolette has in goal tomorrow night, whether he's got Shesterkin back there or with Quick is, play, or if Quick is playing tomorrow night. But right now, the Rangers are rolling and just a magical day yesterday uh, at the uh, Meadowlands in front of 80,000 in the stadium series. Now, it wasn't such a magical day for the Islanders who blew this lead, blew this game. They have the 5-3 lead with nine minutes to go. And then if you're looking at it from the Islander perspective, basically handed the game away. Three big penalties. Their penalty killing is like, the, if I don't know if it's last in the National Hockey League, but it's in the bottom three. Their penalty killing has been terrible. They gave up three power play goals yesterday, obviously the two in the last five minutes to tie the game up. The Islanders have, and I mentioned this the other day, 14 overtime or shootout losses 14 that's a lot it's by it's the most in, in hockey <clears throat> you know you look at their record now the nhl <clears throat> the nhl you know is weird because they count those games differently so you look at the rangers the rangers record rangers have won 30 so the rangers record right now is 36 wins 16 regulation losses three overtime losses so really what their record is is 36 wins and 19 losses. That's really what their record is. 17 games over 500. But you get a point just getting into the overtime period, even if you lose the game. So you got those extra three points there for the Rangers. That puts them at 75. The Islanders, you look at their record, they look like they're over 500. I believe their record is 22, 19, and 14. So which means they're really, really what their record is is 22 and 29. Are you kidding me? I mean, so they're actually like seven games. I think it's even worse than that. I don't think I have the exact record. I think they're actually 10 games under 500 if you factor in the 14 overtime losses. I mean, that's unbelievable. Think about it. And they're in trouble right now as far as making the playoffs. And you wonder 
<clears throat> how, t- how if they're going to be able to recover from this loss because, you know, like I said, this was the best win the Rangers have had this year. This had to be the worst loss the Islanders had this year. I don't think there's any doubt about it, especially in the atmosphere that it was. And, you know, Patrick Watt took over for Lane Lambert, but it hasn't been much better since Watt has taken over as coach of the Islanders. So just a crazy day yesterday at MetLife Stadium, 80,000 people in the building. You even had some of the players there. I guess Quinn and Williams and the Jets was there. Brees Hall was there. I guess also you had um, – oh, here's the record. I'll give it to you in a second. Uh, I saw – they actually had him on the broadcast, Saquon Barkley and Tommy DeVito. What do you got here now? What are we showing? 22, 18, and 14. That's it. Okay, so the Islanders' record is 22 wins, 18 regulation losses, 14 overtime losses. So their record is actually what I said, 10 games under 500. They're 22 and 32. Jeez. If you factor in those 14 OT losses as losses. So, not a good day for the Islanders, no doubt about it. But a great day for hockey, great day for the Rangers and their fans. 80,000 fans at MetLife yesterday, 150,000 in the two games, uh, including Saturday night with the Devils and the Flyers. And uh, it was a rousing success yesterday at MetLife Stadium. I haven't seen the, um, on a day where really there was nothing going on, the week after the Super Bowl, no more football, I haven't seen the exact, um, ratings yesterday on ABC for the game. I would think in New York they're going to be through the roof. Now, I don't know how about nationally so much with two New York teams playing, but I would think um, it'll be through the roof as far as uh, a, a national rating. So, but anyway, uh, great job yesterday, and uh, we'll see. And uh, right now, got to be got to be thrilled with the Rangers, who clearly are the best team right now in New York sports, no doubt about it. All right. Beningo on the Oda Payne podcast. Let's get our sponsors in here. <clears throat> of course, the Hackensack Brewing Company. And uh, we'll let you know, as always, when the next live podcast will be. Probably sometime right before the start of the baseball season. Located 10 minutes off the GW Bridge um, on a beautiful Route 4 in Who Needs a House Out in Hackensack, as Billy Joel immortalized in song. And let's be honest, Billy, as bad as Hackensack is, you're from Long Island. New York is far worse than New Jersey is. And New Jersey's not great, but New York is far worse than New Jersey. Not even close. I had to say that. Anyway, getting back to the Hackensack Brewing Company. The tap rooms open 4.30 to 10 Monday through Friday, 2 to 10 Saturday, 12 to 8 Sunday, uh, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Check it out. See Mike Jones. See everybody over there. They're having some kind of a line dancing thing tomorrow there. And Jones didn't even invite me. He didn't know. <laughs> I mean, Jones didn't know that Beningo, and let's be, and most people that know me, and I don't really like to say this too much, but most people that know me, <clears throat> really that are close to me, realize what a multifaceted dude I am, okay? Like, I know you just think sports. Oh, Beningo, he's just this, you know, this old, ugly guy that knows something about sport. Well, I mean, it's... You know, Brad Pitt does not come to mind. But nevertheless, you know, um, you know, I don't, don't exactly look like Tom Brady. But nevertheless, be that as it may. All right? Everybody just kind of thinks of Beningo as, ah, he's a sport. Oh, no, 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 no. Beningo's a lot more than that. And Beningo can dance. I can't dance like Usher, okay? <laughs> and I can't dance like Michael Jackson, you know? I can't dance like Danny Terrio. And I can't dance like John Travolta, <clears throat> John Travolta did in Saturday Night Fever. I mean, I try. 
believe me when I try. You know, Fred Astaire doesn't come to mind. You know, I'm not, you know, Gene Kelly. Uh, no. But I really give it a, I, I give it a real shot. You know, I do have a little rhythm. You know, not too bad for, uh, you know, a short old white guy. I mean, I got some rhythm. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know. But anyway, so I'm, I'm, I, I, I am a much more um, well-rounded dude than maybe some people think. So I just, you know, let me just throw that out there. So, so, but Jones, then we'll get back to the, the brewing company having this line dancing going on. And Jones didn't even invite me. Come on. In the old days, you know, when in, in another lifetime, I actually used to do some square dancing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, getting back to the brewing company, 78 Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Oh, my dosi do, man. I was. I did a lot of dosi doing in the old days. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> who knows? There may be some dosi doing coming up in a little while. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, well, I've I've lost my train of thought. I thought C Jones, C T J, all the boys there, Andre, everybody, go see everybody at the Hackensack Brewing Company, seventy-eight Johnson Avenue, in Who Needs a House out in Hackensack, New Jersey. But again. Who needs a house somewhere in New York? I can tell you that. Anyway, what's that? Who? I didn't get to them. I just, I just got done with that. I'm only did the one. I didn't. I'm not gonna forget Johnny. How could I forget? Could, would I, could I possibly forget and need a discount tire? Of course not. Go see my son Johnny. Go see his boss Harry. Go see Rob. Everybody over there. You know the deal. You need work done on your car. You need new tires. You need your car inspected. Anything for. In your automotive world, go go check out the guys. As go see Johnny at a needed discount tire. Tell them I sent you. They'll take care of you. You'll be happy you did. Rivervale, New Jersey, beautiful Rivervale, New Jersey, Westwood Avenue. Go check them out. And of course, our friends at DraftKings. You know the deal. You want to bet on anything? You want to bet on the hockey? You want to bet on the NBA? How about the NBA All Star Game last night? 211 to 186? What? That was the score? Come on. What was the over-under in this game? 400? Yeah, it had to be, right? Anyway, uh, you want to bet on, on the NBA, which will be back rolling. I guess the Knicks play Thursday. When they play Philly Thursday night, I believe that's their next game. Hopefully, a lot of these guys are back from the injuries. We'll see. Uh, but you want to bet on the NBA, college basketball. I want to get to college basketball in a second. College basketball, whatever you want to bet on. You know, uh, golf, anything you want to bet on. Uh, the only way to go, of course, is uh, DraftKings. And you know the deal. Uh, you can uh, use the um, code O to pain if you want to. Any kind of bet you want to get on DraftKings. Remember, if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.sot1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-OPEN-Y. Text HOPE-NY-467-369. But then go to the Oda Payne podcast, President's Day. Not doing much on the President's today. We're really not. Um, you know, we're going to leave. I got a, I got plenty to say, and I got a lot to say about what's happening right now, uh, President-wise, but we're going we're gonna to refrain from that. We're going to keep it to the sports. If you know me, you know where I'm at, so we'll leave it alone there. But let's get to the college basketball. St. John's yesterday blows an 18-point lead at UBS Arena in Long Island to Seton Hall. They wind up losing 68-62. And the Johnnies right now, they are in kind of a free fall. They're 14-12, and 12, and they're in big trouble as far as them making the NCAA tournament. Right now, you got to say they're not. 
They need a miracle. They pretty much need to win out their regular season games. I think they got six games left. And then probably win the Big East tournament. I doubt that's happening. Seton Hall looks like they're on their way. Seton Hall has wins over Marquette and UConn. Um, Another big win yesterday. Come from behind like they did to beat St. John's. I think Seton Hall is making the NCAA tournament. I'd be surprised if they don't. Uh, We'll see where they go from here. But how about the comments by Patino after the game where he basically rips into everybody? He rips into the – he calls the facility at St. John's a shitty facility. He (laughs) he did. He He blames his assistants for not getting him the right players out of the transfer porthole. What? Are you serious? Come on. He's blaming it. He's, he's ripping his players that they're not getting the job done. Rick, how about, and I love Patino. How about looking in the mirror? Did you think it was going to be easy coming here the first year? Right? And this guy's got, look, look Patino's gotten it done everywhere he's been. Going back to when he was at Boston U, when he was at Providence, and he took them to the Final Four. All the years with Kentucky. I'm talking college now. I'm not talking about his years with the Knicks. And in the Celtics, he did have some – he did get to the Knicks to the playoffs two years in a row when he was there, and then the whole disaster with Al Bianchi, but we won't get into that now. But he took Kentucky, won a national championship with Kentucky, won a national championship with Louisville, uh, had Iona, won 25 games last year at Iona. You knew it wasn't going to be easy this year. And for Patino to rip everything at St. John's like he did yesterday, I mean, come on. And like I said, I love Patino. I really do. I mean, he probably shouldn't dye his hair like he does, but, you know, Rick, really. But nevertheless, you know, you know, people I was asking, my, my, my wonderful late mother-in-law really wanted to dye my hair, right? And I said, no, 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 no. You're not dyeing my hair. That was not happening. I think she just wanted to get her hands in my head, but I, whatever. <laughs> my wife's laughing, but I think it's true. But nevertheless, she was not... God bless her. She was a wonderful woman. May she rest in peace. She's probably laughing as I say that right now. But, you know, um, yeah, no, Beningo would never dye his hair. I can tell you that right now. But I, I, but really, I mean, what did Patino expect in the first year? And in a very tough, I mean, this league is one of the best in college basketball. You got the number one team in the country in UConn, also the defending national champion. You got Marquette, who came into their game against uh, UConn Saturday, ranked number four, and UConn destroyed them. They beat them by, what, 29 points in that game? Unbelievable. You got Creighton, that's a top team. Butler, that looks like they're a tournament team. Certainly looks like Seton Hall's on his way, uh, on their way to the NCAA tournament. Uh, Xavier is not an easy team. I mean, I mean, really. I mean, yeah. It is a Villanova is always tough. I mean, it's not the you know vintage Villanova team, but they're always good. I mean, unreal. This is a this is one of the top leagues in the country. There's no doubt about it. So I don't know what Patino expected, but I mean, he, the comments he made yesterday. What the hell was he thinking about? I mean, really, that's a terrible job. How does how does this team respond to that? After you're basically ripping the players, you're ripping your assistant coaches for not getting the right guys out of the transfer portal. You're ripping the facilities. You know what the facilities were like at St. John's before you got there. You know, you weren't, you know, you weren't walking into Kentucky again or Duke or North Carolina, you know, or even UConn for the facilities you had. And you knew 
as I said before, that you were walking into a loaded Big East conference with the defending national champions who's the number one team in the country again. <clears throat> so, I'm, I, like I said, <clears throat> I like Patino a lot. I really do. Um, you know, a fellow Italian, you know, a fellow guy from – he's a New Yorker. He's not from Jersey, but certainly from the metropolitan area and all of that. I'm very disappointed in what he said yesterday. I really am. That's a bad job. And I got to tell you, man, if I'm I'm one of his players, um, I, you know, I, I think he's got to go talk to his players. I think he's got to have a meeting with everybody at St. John's, his his assistants, you know, the powers that be at St. John's and all those, the, the uh, priests and everything over there. He's got to sit down and he's got to apologize for, to everybody for what he said. And I was reading a very good article by the great Mike Vaccaro today out of the Post. And you look at what Patino has done. It's the second year of any program that he's really taken off with that program. So what was he really expecting in year one with St. John's? I mean, was he expecting to, you know, get to the final four this year? I mean, come on. So anyway, I, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Very disappointed at Patino. And I wanted to see St. John's have a good year. I like St. John's. Uh, look, uh, as, as, as Vicaro said, remember when, remember when, uh, when he was coaching the Celtics Patino and they were terrible and he didn't get Tim Duncan in the draft, right? I think he drafted Chauncey Billups who turned out to be a great player, but not in Boston, not until he got to the Pistons. But remember he made that famous comment when he said, when the Celtics were stinking it up, when he was coaching him, he said, Larry Bird's not walking through that door anytime soon. Well, as Vicaro pointed out, you know, Chris Mullen, Walter Berry and Mark Jackson are not walking through that door anytime soon at St. John's either. So, you know, uh, but I'm very disappointed at what Patino said. But look, I, I hope he uh, he does a little bit of a mea culpa and uh, sits down with his team and his coaches and and really straightens out. Uh, you know, apologizes big time for what he said. Just uh, just a terrible thing by Patino. One thing before we leave, I. I just, I just want to calm down all my Met friends, Met fan friends, okay, who are not thrilled with what the Mets are doing in the offseason. Hey, they signed Luke Voigt, the former Yankee. What more do you want? <laughs> He'll be the first baseman when they let Alonzo walk. Don't worry. Oh. What a disgrace. The Mets. And as I and before I leave, I'll say it again. And we thought the Wilpons were gone. Everybody have a great week. Enjoy the rest of your President's Day holiday. Uh, check me out on the podcast on Friday, the show on FAN on Saturday. Uh, again, everybody enjoy the rest of your President's Day. And as always, all the love.